This week, we begin out west, where one of Odessa's most brutal murders remains unsolved. Then, we travel back east to Houston, where we learn of a young man's life taken by officers of the law. Welcome to episode 51 of Texas 1031. All right. Um, <clears throat> I've like listened back to our episodes before and I don't cut out any of like my throat clearing or you never you never make any like gross noises except I except I'm always like <laughs> a chew blah blah or like cl- smacking my lips chewing gum I'm like why the fuck wouldn't I edit that out. Hey everyone, this is Cassie and Hannah, this is Texas 1031, and this is a Texas true crime podcast. You know that by now, and <laughs> can probably say it better too. Hi Cassie. Hi Hannah. How's I it going? I'm going to try to face you. Oh yeah, you don't have to. I'm natural. Hi, right. hi. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's, it's been some time. It's been it's six been, months. Has it? Yeah. When was that? March? I thought we recorded in January. No. Yeah, I think. I thought we put it out in March. Hold on. Let us see. Um, you might be right. God. Okay. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. January 20th. Oh, my Jesus God. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sad that I thought it was March. I was kidding myself. To, to be clear, we have seen each other. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I've but, gotten married. Oh, yes. Ha ha. Yes. Hannah's an old married. I'm an old lady Married now. bitty now. If you've been listening for however long, you know Scott. You, yeah. We started dating, or he and I started dating when I was on the podcast. What? Yeah. That's not what I meant. You know what I mean. <laughs> but Cassie's getting married in October. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both going to be old married ladies. Yeah. I love it. You can just go to drag brunches together. Forever. Like, oh, I'm married. It's fine. I mean, you don't care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> We're done trying. Exactly. We, we locked some shit down. Finally. Never <laughs> saw, thought I'd see the day. Um, do you have any recommendations? Um. Oh. Oh, okay. So this is... Ooh, and I actually on it... No, I don't know if I was listening to it six ooh, months ah, ago. Ah, uh, 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 my brain. Uh. <laughs> uh, the 90 Day Bay podcast on... Oh, my God. Patreon. Nicole Byer. And Marcy Jaro, if you at all watch 90 Day Fiance or any of the <laughs> multitude of spinoffs. Did you I recommend this laughing. last time? Did I? I don't know. I thought it was in March. Well, so we, Exactly. So we have no concept of time. No, so no. Scratch never. that. I'll recommend. I don't. You might have. Maybe it was just in passing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Shit's Creek? Yeah. Always. <laughs> always and forever. Black Sails. Really good oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. Pirates on Stars. It ended a long, long time ago, but I just found it. Cassie knows a lot about pirates. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get all the dates and times wrong, but That's I know okay. them. 
How about you? What do you have to write um, your So I wrote down that I... Of course you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I needed to make sure I remembered. Because I couldn't think of anything. And I also was time slipping myself of like, did I already say this one? Yeah. But um, if I didn't, I don't care if I did. But I have been listening to a lot of like British, European, whatever um, podcasts. And this one is called Skinwalker True Crime. Ooh. The name is horribly misleading. You oh. would think it's very like Skinwalker Ranch, Utah, yeah. New Mexico, Native American stuff. But it's Scottish. And it's all Scottish true crime. And the guy's accent is super thick, but he sounds so hot. And the cases are so well researched. He's super serious. They're spooky music. Great podcast. And if you don't know anything about Scottish true crime, which I didn't, there's some crazy fucked up shit that happens over there. Yeah. So, when good I type stuff. in Skinwalker, it just pulls up all of the there are so many last pod podcasts on the left episode on the west on the west (laughs) Um, podcast there we go skinwalker true crime Mm -hmm. yeah following i do want to mention a couple things because i'm really proud of us and myself specifically (laughs) um i got to be on tv yeah and i'll tell you guys when the episode comes out but it was on a tv show about shelly nance so i'll leave it at that but it was pretty cool and then we actually got contacted by the guy. Okay, do you remember? You'll never forget Olivia Mabel, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the guys that created that lore are creating a podcast. What? <laughs> about, it's a dramatization or whatever. And they reached out and were like, hey, can we use this like two second clip of you in our trailer for the podcast? And I was like, sure, why not? And I'll try to figure out a way to like play it at the end of the episode or whatever. But I felt what? cool as fuck. So, That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, but it makes me sound like I'm a news person. Yeah, like because they're keeping up with the the shtick of like this really happened. Oh my god! You know, so I yeah. love that so it's much. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I was like, do I ask them for money? Is that bitchy? But I was like, no. I'm just like, go pursue your dreams, man. It didn't happen the first time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hopefully, the podcast will get you some money. Oh my god! Anyway. Yay! That's yeah, so cool. that's the only two things. Fuck so yeah. cool. I was listening to uh, Let's Not Meet the Ugh, other day, well. and he was talking about, or maybe he was talking about it on his Facebook that there's like he has something in the works for like television for that show. Like he's grown really so much. He's like the number one podcast in a certain category. I think like just the insane. true horror ish type yeah. thing. Yeah, and I was like, oh my good god, good for him. We, we like kind of know this guy. I know, like we're, we're like kind of like podcast. on his podcast. Oh my god, no big deal. <laughs> if I'm fine. <laughs> I thought that was that was really weird, and then that got me thinking about like. We were in the media for a while, you know, like I know. Okay, so like I was like going through like long story short, I'll cut this out. Maybe I won't. But like (laughs) trying to like go through like all the stuff we've accomplished. And like we were in the fucking two different newspapers, the Houston Chronicle. We we're gonna be like at least I know my face, but like the podcast will be on TV, other podcasts we've both been on, let's not meet, which is just putting us out there. Even furthermore, it's pretty cool. It's pretty weird. It's wild. Yeah, stay in school, kids. Yeah, Pursue your real. dreams. I don't know. Whatever the phrase. Yeah, that probably means we should like ramp this back up again. No promises. No, I mean, can't make any promises. We we suck. You guys know this. School's kicking my ass. I actually had to drop the class I was in. It was like a six week course, and I was like so stressed out and crying. Oh and no! My brother in law was like over my shoulder, and he was like, "Wait, what class is this?" And I was like, "It's small business finance." And he was like, "Barf." That Barf. was my hardest class. Why are you taking it in a six-week course? I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to drop it then. He was like, no, no, no. I can help. I was like, no, I'm going to drop it. That sounds so. real, like a hard one to do in like a condensed bullshit. Like it you take art history or like yeah. a speech. I'm starting a <laughs> 
stat class, five week stat class oh, in a week. God. So I didn't like like regular yeah. air quotes regular statistics, but I did well at statistics in psychology, which had mm, nothing to do with psychology. It was still just fucking math, <laughs> but somehow I was able to teach myself formulas and and things interesting yeah i don't know i somehow skated by with a b that gives me hope because don't ask me to tutor you because i don't remember if it's formulas like you you're good at math like yeah you are smart at math (laughs) despite what this podcast has led you to believe unless i have to do it on the fly yeah break down (laughs) calculator (laughs) anyway all right So, um, I know I usually kind of find my cases in like a dumb like city search way, but I think I just found this one when I was searching um like the Texas Rangers unsolved list or whatever. I know we mm. both kind of had a hard time finding a case for this week, but um regardless, this is the murder of Carmen Crone, forensic files. Um I'm surprised that this isn't better known in the true crime world because it's just very specifically Texas, I guess. I don't know, it's just pretty harsh. Mm. But there's a lot of articles from the Odessa American newspaper, and then the podcast Gone Cold did a great two-part series on her murder uh, just last year. So that's really about it. Not too much uh, other media coverage. So thanks for all the help, guys. (laughs) So picture it. Odessa, Texas, 1981. Around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, around one o'clock on, uh, nope, nope, start over. So picture it, Odessa, Texas, 1981, around one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, August 23rd, a rancher who worked on a, do you pronounce it Conoco, Conoco, Conoco? Like the, the gas Conoco station? Phillips? Yeah. Conoco. Conoco. Yeah. There Conoco. you go. There you go. Mm, now I'm questioning though. <laughs> Conoco, Conoco. Conoco. It's Conoco. I've never, I've never once in my life. When I say Conoco. it with Phillips, like, I can say it right. Conoco Phillips. Yeah. Conoco. I, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Fucking oilies. Death to the world. Whatever. <laughs> was checking. Oh, this tran- rancher. He was checking some uh, water wells on the property. Uh, <sighs> and would soon become the unluckiest guy in Odessa. Uh, so imagine seeing this, right? You're like, oh, I just spent the morning at church with the family. We're going to watch some fucking football with the wife later. No, you find the remains of 18-year-old. Oh. I know. Carmen Melinda Crone lying next to the number seven oil pump jack. Her body would be dumped fairly close to the property's perimeter and the highway that kind of runs right next to it. So 18. Super mm-hmm. sad. Carmen would be found completely nude and lying on her back. Her arms and legs would be stretched and splayed out on the ground. Her body was also horribly mutilated. Her neck was slashed so deeply that it could have been categorized as a decapitation, which I kind of always like, I don't know, roll my eyes at when people say, you know, like, oh, it was so deep. It was she was decapitated because it's not always usually that bad. Right. Not to like poke fun at that, but evidently based on like what else happened to her, I kind of believe it. Um, There was a large gash from her lower abdomen up towards her diaphragm and stomach area. She had been completely disemboweled. And her organs were placed atop her torso. Okay, so this was deliberate posing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. While it couldn't be determined if she had been raped, it was obvious that she was sexually mutilated mutilated and tortured. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any, like, details or specifics given, but I think we can all kind of, like, come up with something pretty disgusting in our mind that probably fits. And if that wasn't enough, um, it was reported that Carmen had been stabbed around 10 to 12 times in the chest with a fixed blade knife. Measuring at minimum eight inches long, but no murder weapon was found at the scene. 
Unsurprisingly, investigators and pathologists have been quoted stating that they were incredibly traumatized by her murder for years and years to come. So how or why did something like this happen to Carmen? Well, just strap in. This case is bananas, twists and turns all the way. I mean, already. Yeah. I know. Not great. And like, I already have questions. Okay. Mm, Yep. 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 If you hear typing in the background, Cassie's gotten professional and is writing notes with her fingertips. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So while, um, oh, robbery was soon ruled out as motive for her murder. This was primarily based on the fact that Carmen's personal belongings, like her ID and jewelry and some cash in her blue jeans were still all found at the scene. Strangely, it did uh, it did not appear that Carmen had any defensive wounds on her hands or body. Mm. It was also noted that her makeup was still relatively immaculate, leading some, who I'll mention later, <laughs> to assume that at minimum she was incapacitated prior to the torture and mutilation or was initially killed by one of the stab wounds and really never had time to defend herself. And then, you know, the disembowelment and decapitation proceeded without incident. The scene was strange. And that some of Carmen's items appeared purposefully placed near her and others appeared to have been kind of like haphazardly discarded, just, oh, sifting through her shit and just like tossing it. Um, I wanted to kind of know if like her clothes were like removed, like someone else would have removed them or if she would have. Do you know what I mean? Like pants are inside out a certain way or like if they were pulled from a certain direction, if like they're removed by another person. I don't know if that made any sense. No, that does. That does. um, Okay. Investigators assumed that based on her positioning when found... The visible lividity on her body and the amount of blood left at the scene, it was most likely that Carmen had been killed right where she was later found at the oil pump. Despite somewhat warranted speculation due to the nature of the crime, Carmen's autopsy determined that she was not pregnant. Additionally, she had zero illicit drugs in her system and her blood alcohol level was 0.01. Now, according to the pathologist, Carmen had been deceased for close to 12 hours at that point. So I don't know if her blood alcohol really even matters, but I figured I'd mention it. Perhaps it could play into her state of mind the evening prior. I don't know. Um, curiously, however, she did have a mild case of pneumonia. Huh. But that was about it. Okay. <laughs> a healthy 18-year-old girl. That's one way to cure it. Yeah. <laughs> Newly graduated from Permian High School, which just like, doesn't that remind you of the movie Friday Night Lights? When you hear Permian Panthers. I have never seen that movie. Well, <laughs> never mind. Very, very sorry. It was a really sad movie, actually, but hmm. Permian Panthers based on a real thing. Um, yeah, she was just left in a fucking field slaughtered, but um, her funeral and burial would be completed by August 25th, so two days later, and then her investigation would kick into high gear. Interesting. That two days. Yeah. That doesn't seem like enough time. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, it is interesting because you, you think, okay, Odessa, small, smallish town. Yeah. Um, how many autopsies or autopsies are they doing? Maybe they just had the time. True. But evidently, that weekend and that month, I'll go into some of the other murders in the, that month, but that weekend, there were, like, three other murders. Wow. So, like, they were busy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I don't know. They're on top of it, but... Assigned to her case was Deputy David Saunders, and he's so cute, and, like, I don't know, he just looks like the sweetest, like, young dad, young cop, whatever. Like, he's the kind of officer you want to have assigned to your case, your kid's case, whatever. Gem of all gems. Um, Starting with Carmen's parents, uh, police begin to somewhat piece together the moments leading up to her being found on Sunday afternoon. So, according to Carmen's parents, again, Judy and Corky Crone... Excellent forensic files alliteration, Corky Crown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They told Deputy Saunders that Carmen left a note stating that she would be going to dinner and a movie that Saturday night with her boyfriend at the time, Ken. 
However, after interviewing Carmen's friends, police were told that Carmen um, that Carmen mentioned that she and Ken had a pretty big fight and she was going to go and try to meet up with him at Graham's nightclub or Graham's Central Station. It's an interchangeable name. Okay. Um, I actually asked Scott's mom about this because she lived in Odessa for a long time during the 70s. And didn't know if, like, that bar was still there, but she couldn't remember, and she was going to ask her friend about it, but we recorded before she could get back to me on it. (laughs) But it's a huge place. Like, it's like a dance hall. It was, like, more disco than Western and, like, traditional West Texas Western thing, but, like, it was more late 70s, early 80s disco era stuff. Yeah, so she was going to meet up with him at Graham's Nightclub that Saturday and hope to kind of patch things up. Witnesses at the disco claim that they actually saw Carmen arrive alone in her 1971 Ford Torino around like 930, 945. Other witnesses at the club said that they kept seeing Carmen go in and out a few times throughout the evening, kind of like she was looking for someone, but was last seen exiting around 1130 for the final time. Now, let me clear a few things up. You might be wondering why she lied to her parents about her plans for the evening. And She's also, <laughs> where the fuck is Ken? And yeah. how does he fit into the story? And for, before you, did she leave in her car? At yeah. 1130? Okay. Oh, no, no, no. She's just seen exiting the club at 1130. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this will really piss you off, but I want to mention it because fuck this guy. Mm. According to an article in the Odessa American, Carmen had been raised fairly religious and even was, uh, was a member of the church choir. However, in 1981, being 18 meant that you were legal as fuck and could drink and smoke and gamble and whatever you wanted to do. And her fellow church members voiced their disappointment in Carmen's lifestyle leading up to her murder. Again, buckle up. So, like, they're victim blaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, (laughs) you'll die. You'll die. Uh, This is a long quote from the youth director at Temple Baptist Church, Tommy Mosley. Hopefully you're rotting in hell. (laughs) Quote, as she grew up in time past, Carmen seemed less interested in church and church functions. She became increasingly enamored with partying, nightlife, and running with the wrong crowd. She began over a period of time to drop out of church activities. I could tell she was dropping out in her heart (laughs) about a year before she was murdered. End quote. So she deserved to die because of that? Like, I'm sorry. She was 18 and she was partying with her friends like an 18-year-old exactly. is supposed to do so you don't become a sexually repressed 30-year-old. I like Tommy. Uh, <laughs> still, however, Tommy described her as friendly and trusting, but like talk shit about her before. Yeah, despite all that, right, right, she right. was friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Continuing the quote, she could get acquainted with people very easily. She'd trust everybody, it seemed. I can just imagine her getting with the guy that would do something like this. She wasn't a pickup, but she was always trusting with everyone she'd meet. End quote. I'm... Mm, <laughs> my God. Women were so, treated so badly. <laughs> Tommy explained that her lifestyle shift bothered church workers who wanted her back and later felt... Or, and felt... Yeah. And let... <laughs> I just left. And later felt that her... If her life had remained unchanged, she would be alive today. Go fuck yourself. Uh, Can you believe that? Like, yeah, how about, like, a piece of shit guy just did this to a really sweet girl, and that's all it is? Yeah. We she we loved having her at our church. That's where we grew to knew her. Well, and, like, if you could her. see her changing in her, in her heart a year prior, why didn't you fucking step in? Right. Cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, go, go away. Oh, my gosh. Cool. Anyway, I Great say all that cool. because fuck Tommy Mosley, like I said. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Carmen may have not told her parents her true plans for the evening because maybe her parents would have disapproved of yeah. her going to the nightclub, trying to talk to Ken, being in that environment, etc. For sure. So speaking of Ken, 
his alibi checked out. <clears throat> he did show up to Graham's nightclub with a group of friends and closed down the bar that night, actually. Mm. He even had friends return to his place afterwards to continue continue partying into the night. Um, I'm uncertain if he told police that he saw or spoke to Carmen at the bar that night, but I think that after like two hours of waiting for Ken to show up, things clearly weren't going uh, the way she wanted them to go. She just decided she was done and walked out of the club to head home. Okay. So continuing with the backtracking from eyewitnesses and parents and so forth, police would locate Carmen's car in the nightclub parking lot. Ah. The car was in the same spot she had parked it on the Saturday. She went to the bar and her purse was left untouched on the passenger side floorboard. No fingerprint. No fingerprints were found. That was it. That was pretty much as far as the backtracking went. No leads, no clues, nothing. So remember, her ID was found at the crime scene. Right. Okay. Which implies to me, like, she took her ID and maybe some cash into the bar to, like, you know, have a drink and hang out. She didn't want to, like, bring her purse with her. Yeah. And left it because she was going to go back to her car. Which, to me, means she never made it back to her car. Yep. At all. I think that checks out. Yeah. So. Uh, however, after 10 days or 10 days after Carmen's remains were located in the oil field, police got a clue. Two miles from the crime scene, an oil worker, another fucking oil worker, <laughs> located a bundle of men's bloody clothing. Ah. A sports shirt and maroon slacks sized uh, or size 40, 33 inseam. I don't know how to do guys that's numbers. S- that's a small dude. 40 right? is like waist, which is pretty big. Okay. Oh, okay. 33 is like average height. Yeah. If you switched it. 33 yeah. Would be a small man. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Um, they were covered in blood and, and incredibly filthy. The police sent the clothing off to a lab uh, in Lubbock for analysis. Surprisingly, the lab was able to find human hair on the clothing that, air quotes, matched Carmen's hair. Okay. But like, yeah, I don't really know how that. Blood. So the blood, however, <laughs> was. More the obvious thing to, sorry. Uh, it was too contaminated from the dirt and like the elements. What? But you get hair? I just don't trust really? the hair because, no. like, you don't trust hair now. No. You know? Yeah. And so why would like, we trust it back, even though they did? Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I guess they could prove that it was similar, but, like, and it was, it's eerily convenient. It's yeah. almost too convenient to where it's probably the case. For but sure. Like, but it, that's just so wild that mm-hmm. the blood was not. It was. Testable. How does a hair stay on the clothes? Through all of that. Through 10 days. But was it like pubic hair? Like, I don't fucking know. Like, in the pants? I don't don't know. Interesting. Or like a chest hair? Like, when you took a shirt off? Armpit hair? I have no no idea. Very weird. Regrettably, the shirt and pants would actually be professionally cleaned and sent back to the police. So that's super fucking great, right? First, they bury the body in two days. (laughs) And then they professionally clean evidence? Yes, 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 yes. Why do you need it? Why do you need to keep it? Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) So now they have hair and blood, but nothing really to compare it to. The blood's not great. The hair's not great. And neither are definitively proving anything really belonged to Carmen or her killer. So September passes without much progress. But in mid-October, Deputy Saunders received a call from Ector County Police about a man named Murray Galloway. Murray had just been arrested for the abduction and assault with a deadly weapon of a man named Stephen Compton in New Mexico just the day prior. I'll spare you the details, but basically he just broke into this guy's house, pistol whipped him, made him make him a sandwich, and like made him drive around in a car. Like it was like a mental break. Okay. Like I just don't even know how to explain it. It was so strange. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Murray had been found with several fixed blade knives in his car upon arrest, which was the initial reason why Deputy Saunders was contacted due to the fact that the murder weapon in Carmen's case was likely similar to the knives Murray had in his possession, but it was still a big fucking reach. Mm -hmm. 
Additionally, and probably most crucially, though, was that Marie's friend, Lonnie Crago, Crago, don't know, uh, would tell police that he believed his friend, Marie Galloway, could be involved in the crime. I'll get to his statement in just a second. The lead about Marie Galloway would be placed on the back burner somewhat when two more women would be found murdered within five days of each other. Wow. One 26-year-old Yolanda Huxley was found nude next to an oil pump jack on November 3rd. It appeared that she had died from massive trauma to her pelvic region. The medical examiner believed that she was violently hit by a car and then dumped at the site where she was found. Five, yeah, five days later, on November 8th, 18-year-old Alita Salmarone was found on the side of the road, beaten and strangled to death. Her van was also found at the scene. Interesting. Totally different. Yes. Yeah. But like dead girl on the road. Right. Yeah. Really close together. It's like different, but same. Yes. Yeah. So clearly, Deputy Saunders and the local police were overwhelmed. They had a possible suspect in custody. Uh, More murdered women were popping up, but nothing, again, truly tying anyone or anything to Carmen. So this is cool. One thing that Deputy Saunders did that finally paid off was that he had sent Carmen's crime scene photos and autopsy report to surrounding jurisdictions to assist in maybe, like, connecting similar cases or just receiving outside opinions. Wow. And in early November, amidst the murders of Yolanda and Alita... Um, the deputy would speak with an officer that had reached out and asked a very interesting question. He asked Saunders if he had been able to get any information or leads from the bite marks on Carmen's body. Apparently, <laughs> you face. Apparently, Dr. Richard Cohen, who performed Carmen's autopsy, didn't notate the bite marks in his findings or perhaps misidentified them altogether. So after, and then they buried her. So after speaking <laughs> with Carmen's family on November 12th, 1981, Carmen Melinda Crone was exhumed. What a painful thing for I her family. Know. Oh my god. But they probably thought, cool, they got this done. But maybe because they were so fucking busy with all the other murders that weekend, they breezed right through it. The bite marks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know there was like a lot going on, but And like forensic odontology, like I don't know how fucking smooth that was back in the day. Yeah. Probably just as good as hair analysis. That's true. When you see like Boy. bite mark bruises, like in photos like that, it just looks like they got stepped on or a, just a bruise, mm. you know, unless yeah. you can get zoomed in with like a microscope and like see. I don't know. Fair. But that the just goes back to like maybe don't bury the body. Too. Well, Give yourself yes, a little I'm more time. I'm totally on your side. But playing devil's advocate, it's like she was opened up. Uh, yeah. Her head was cut off. Yeah, they're like definitely sure yeah (laughs) Yeah, like what does this have to do with anything at this point you know but But regardless yes yes by records (laughs) so um bleep 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 where was i the new forensic evidence would be sent to albuquerque for testing and analysis and police began taking dental castings of primary suspects in carmen's case Around the same time that Carmen was exhumed, old Murray Galloway was going under some pretty scathing mental evaluations. According to reports, Murray had been an aspiring actor <laughs> turned transient selling Native American jewelry to make it by. Okay. In summation, the psychological evaluation uh, describes Murray as, quote, loud, thunderous, arrogant, and demanding. Murray also told the examiner during his evaluation, quote, I would never, <laughs> I wouldn't ever let myself get fat like you. Like, sick burn. <laughs> Stay on subject, I buddy. know. Like, you're, you suck. You're the murder, man. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, like, they're doing the mental evaluations just for his, like, 
abduction and assault with a deadly weapon like oh, they're so getting this info they're using it f- to build a case yeah. but like it isn't primarily for the murder case at yeah. this point and he probably doesn't know at that point so he's yeah jokes uh, fat <laughs> jokes apparently um the psychiatrist also wrote that murray was quote hostile inappropriate suspicious volatile and threatening with unpredictable outbursts of rage Continuing with the quote, when I question his speech and its relation to its charges, I assume he meant like his attitude and tone towards the charges. Mm -hmm. He becomes truculent, bellicose and argumentative, threatening not to talk to me, which are like 18 point words for Scrabble. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, His tenuous control makes him potentially quite dangerous. I'm a doctor. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> not me. No, I knew it wasn't you, but I was like, is this a, yeah. is this a, a cop? He's the psychiatrist. Or? No, it's Murray. <laughs> he wants you to know. He's I'm truculent. Yeah. <laughs> um, the psychiatrist concluded that Murray is a, well, this is, well, I don't know. He could be because that was an episode of all, all episodes. He is a paranoid schizophrenic and mm. is incompetent to assist in his legal defense. Mm. Don't know if that's accurate, but. Uh, we've come a long way since 81 yes pairing the mental evaluation with Lonnie Crago's statements circumstantial dental forensics weapons found in Murray station wagon and undetermined whereabouts on the 22nd and 23rd of August Murray Galloway would be indicted for the murder of Carmen Crone this means in less than two months after Carmen is found in the oil field the police believe they have their killer based on purely circumstantial evidence yeah which is what we hear time and again there's pressure from the community, mm-hmm. from the powers that be, and they bodies are building up. You got mm-hmm. lots of dead people on your hands, women. Yep. So if things couldn't get any more dramatic and convoluted before the indictment was finalized, the Odessa American ran several stories about a man named Charlie Hostetter who claimed that three radio stations had lied on air stating that he had been charged and or was the prime suspect in the murder of Carmen Crone. He was an Odessa native and was fairly well, a uh, fairly well-known semi-professional and later on a professional boxer. Oh. Radio recordings of these allegations never surfaced, and the only connection that this man had to Carmen was that he worked at Graham's nightclub as security slash bouncer at the time of Carmen's murder. Interesting. However, his alibi the night of her murder was seemingly airtight. He had cut open his hand while taking out the bar's trash on the night of the 22nd and had to be rushed to the ER by one of the nightclub security, who just so happened to be an off-duty police officer. Hmm. It isn't really known why he would have implicated himself in Carmen's death, but I will give my opinion on him and questions and theories. Yeah. Seven days after Murray was indicted, this case just gets even more insane when the state's biggest witness, Lonnie Crago, the friend of Murray Galloway, who was set to testify for the prosecution at trial, was killed yep he's gonna be murdered sort of kind of maybe we don't know Hmm. lonnie's testimony was going to consist of allegations that he and murray were at graham's nightclub the night of august 22nd and left odessa on the same road that ran next to the oil field that carmen was found at but like i said lonnie would never be able to give this testimony to a jury because lonnie out working in the oil field fucking oil workers (laughs) Would have his head crushed between counterweights at the pump jack's concrete base after a power source to the machine couldn't be severed. Jesus, fuck, he was not murdered. (laughs) Oh, my. There were only two witnesses, one or two witnesses, at the accident, and their statements were consistent and confirmed to be reliable. Um, Was there an investigation into his death? Did they look into faulty equipment or tampering with the machinery? I don't know. You would think so because of, like, insurance liability practices, but... You would hope so, but again, it's the 80s. Can't be certain, yeah. Yeah. He, I don't think... Yeah, he had just been like hired on from like a New Mexico like unemployment agency. So like, 
I don't know if he was a citizen. I don't know if it was just like, I'm getting my Texas ID. I don't like unmarked, like undocumented type thing. Yeah. I don't know if they even took care of it. I don't know. Probably not. Fucking oh, suspicious. Oh, God. I'm just thinking about like yeah. pop noise. That you know, like it would have, I imagine Beep. with that amount of pressure, it would like, it would pop. I don't know. Ugh. Between two concrete, like gross. <laughs> How do you clean that up? Like you, you scrape and spray. I hope, but where you just put the Scoop. concrete face down and just build on Oh, God. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so now the state's main witness is dead. The knives, the dental castings, and the bloody clothes, which could have fit Murray based on his height and weight, were all circumstantial. Nothing was definitive. Specifically regarding the dental forensics, Dr. Homer Campbell, a dental pathologist who reviewed the forensics prior to the initial indictment, said that the bite marks on Carmen's body could match Murray Galloway. However, when the defense reached out for a second opinion, you know, a second opinion, you pay this person, but whatever, um, their doctor, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Dr. Richard Saverone, I think, uh, said that when compared to Murray Galloway, the results were inconclusive and, quote, worthless. So essentially, two doctors couldn't determine proof one way or the other. They both knew that they were left by a human, but they couldn't really prove much in the way of Murray Galloway being the sole contributor to the bite marks. Mm. So now the case is essentially crumbling piece by piece. And in April of 1982, the indictment against Murray Galloway is dropped and he is sent back to New Mexico to serve the rest of his time for the abduction and aggravated assault charges from October of 1981 against Stephen Compton. Jeez. So Deputy Saunders, I'm almost done, I promise. No, this is this is great. Okay. You can't like, <laughs> now they have <laughs> so much stuff. And yeah. I bet they Stopped investigating because they had their guy. Yeah. So Deputy Saunders was incredible. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. <laughs> <Their guy. laughs> uh, Deputy Saunders was incredibly disappointed with the DA's decision to remove the indictment on Murray, mm-hmm. stating that they had evidence direct- directly linking Murray to Carmen's murder. Of course, he wasn't at liberty to say, you know, or give specifics, but I still think that's kind of relatively telling. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, more telling is that Murray's own defense attorneys were even on the fence about their client's innocence. They obviously had to get his alibi straight and figure out a way to debunk the then alive Lonnie Crago statements. Excuse me. Um, defense attorney Michael McLeish was concerned about the integrity of the crime scene and the evidence findings. He commented on how the photos of the crime scene showed tire marks or tire tracks around Carmen's body, but no tire castings were ever made. He also noted that Carmen's clothes didn't appear torn or violently removed, affirming his conclusions I mentioned earlier about her undisturbed makeup Mm -hmm. and lack of defense wounds as well. He believed that uh, if Murray Galloway had forcibly abducted Carmen, things would have been far more messy and similar to the unorganized and irrational abduction of the man in New Mexico. Moreover, Murray's criminal history showed no instances of previous sexual violence against males or females. He primarily was in trouble for theft, larceny, and was just kind of this general con man. Yeah. On the other hand... Michael McLeish also stated that Murray's alibi was shaky. Murray claims that he was at a flea market in Albuquerque during the time of Carmen's murder. Witnesses actually linked Murray to a theft that occurred on August 23rd at the flea market. However, those witnesses began to become unsure of the dates and times, and McLeish began to lose confidence in his witnesses' testimony. McLeish also struggled to even determine if Carmen, or if Murray did kill Carmen, would he have had the time to be seen in Odessa, commit the murder, and then make it to Albuquerque in the given time frame. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Lonnie Crago's statements were sounding odder to McLeish as time went on. His biggest concern was that Lonnie never mentioned anything about the murder itself when interviewed by police. 
just that Murray and him were in Odessa at Graham's the night that Carmen was killed and that they had driven on the same road, which I'm assuming is a pretty common fucking road. Probably. You know, I don't know, but perhaps. He also thought it was curious that after Lonnie made this vague statement about being sort of kind of involved in a murder, the police just let him go. Yeah. And put him back out on the streets. Yeah. because And then he just fucking died. Together, right. Casually killed. Huh. In a really weird yeah. Crazy way. So um, Lonnie just wasn't a credible witness in McLeish's mind. And he kind of just figured that he added more confusion to the investigation than anything. But in support of Murray's alibi. So I'm kind of going back and forth on this. But I just want to give him a fair description, I guess. Sure. Um, after searching his vehicle, police found correspondence between Murray and a woman named Martha Nelson who lived up in Alaska. There seemed to be some sort of long distance romantic relationship between the two of them for some time. Yes. How? Uh, email wasn't a thing. They mailed letters. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot about letters. What? Wow. <laughs> they found a, a, a fucking. I, I don't know. I know, but I was my my brain went to email to email in his car. I don't know. <laughs> you know those know. those old phones that you can have back Yikes. then. I guess <laughs> it's okay. She even um cor- uh, police contacted her. Sorry, police contacted her and confirmed regarding. Whoops. Nope. Police contacted her and received confirmation regarding the letters between she and Murray. <clears throat> she even corroborated Murray being in New Mexico at the flea market that weekend because he had purchased and mailed her jewelry. This is cool. They were even able to track down the shipping info of the package he sent her in Alaska. Wow. Um, so proving that he was in Albuquerque that weekend. However, no witness could provide undeniable certitude that Murray Galloway was in New Mexico or Odessa the night of the 22nd when Carmen was killed. Yeah, I that I think that's reasonable. Yeah, like I think about if I was implicated in a murder, I'm like, what would my alibi be? I'm sitting at home. Like, there's no, yeah. you know, it, it's it's got to be really. You gotta have hard. a real person and like a camera or a yeah. receipt. You, you know, to slice your hand open, be taken to the hospital uh, by an off-duty cop. Right. You know, like. Convenient. <laughs> he was only uh, he could only prove where he was Sunday, twenty third, and after. To quote writer uh, Ken Brodnax, which is fucking Forensic Files last name, Brodnax. <laughs> <clears throat> if you have an X in your last name, you're a Forensic File. Yes. <laughs> Reasonable doubts were created, but no firm answer was discovered. And that was like the end quote to his article, which I thought was kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. So according to an article in the Odessa American, yet again, Dr. Chet Dettinger created a sociopathic profile of Carmen's killer. This will come into play for questions and theories. It was his job to analyze what kind of person might have killed Carmen and offer his expert opinion on whether Murray Galloway fit that profile. Due to Murray's indictment being thrown out, Dr. Dettinger only prepared a preliminary report of his findings. <clears throat> he reviewed Murray's medical history, psychiatric evaluations, police reports and photographs, etc. His brief report simply stated that he didn't believe that Murray Galloway was Carmen's killer. Rather, he stated that the suspect would have been a very attractive man around 20 to 30 years old. He believed that Carmen was, quote, too well educated to be enticed by an item such as cheap Indian jewelry and is unlikely to have been attracted to a portly unkempt man over 30. Yeah. <laughs> he believed that Carmen knew her killer and with the information provided, Dr. Jet- Dutt- blah, 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 Dr. Dettinger also posed the theory that Carmen's murder was not an isolated homicide. Mm-hmm. That's too brutal. It's to be an, uh, specific. Be way too brutal. Additionally, he suggested, this is interesting too, that transient individuals such as Murray Galloway are easy targets and scapegoats for murders and rapes. Due to the amount of rage and violence seen in Carmen's case, he believed that it was highly unlikely that this would have been Murray's first 
murder, seeing as how uh, it was so specific and targeted. And since there's absolutely no evidence of Murray having a history of sexual violence against women, rape, or murder, Dr. Dettinger had serious doubts regarding Murray Galloway's involvement in the murder of Carmen Crone. Yep. I agree. So, I enjoyed this. Again, I promise I'm wrapping it up. (laughs) Uh, The Odessa Odessa American, again, allows for, like, this reader feedback submission column. So, essentially, this woman, Sharon Ray, was upset about an article written by fucking Ken Broadnax um, about Carmen. So... This is like kind of redemption for the bullshit from her youth pastor. So I just wanted to read it. I was hoping. I was yes. like, okay, I yeah. hope this is a good like feminist thing. I was very, dis- quote, I was very disturbed by a recent piece in the paper done by Ked Broadnax. It was one on Carmen Crone. He made it sound like she was a willing victim at first because her makeup wasn't smudged and her clothes weren't torn. No one knows what went through her mind and how she reacted. Her family is having enough troubles without the media adding to it. When a family member has been murdered, the family is violated twice. Once by the criminals and then by the legal system. The ca- this case has had so much publicity that I feel like it doesn't need this type. Can you imagine what her family thought if they read that piece? Carmen Crone went through something the rest of us don't even want to think of. Please! Exclamation point. Don't destroy her memory. A very sick person has destroyed her physically. Let her rest in peace. Oh, wait. What was this lady's name? Sharon Ray. Sharon. Oh. I think her heart was in the right place. Like, clearly Ken was just relaying the facts. I don't think yes. that was his personal opinion, but like... I think it's great that they had a platform or outlet for the f- whatever citizens to like voice their opinion. Yeah, you know, to put some human yeah back into it. Yeah, yeah. it's not just one sided. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay, wrapping it up. Like I said, Deputy Saunders and officers interviewed over 450 family, acquaintances, people in the town that knew Carmen. He became completely engrossed and invested in Carmen's case. Quote, it gets to where people don't even want to be around you. It's all you talk about. I'd be at a ball game or something. And then all of a sudden I'd start talking about Carmen. In regards to being <coughs> uh, in regards to the case being dismissed against Galloway, Saunders is quoted saying, your first impulse is to get mad at the people who dismissed it. But then you think maybe they were right. And the obsession starts again. I look back and I see a few things I wish I'd done differently. Now with more experience, I think I could do better. Mm. Carmen Melinda Crone was born on January 16th, 1963 in Odessa, Texas. She was just a young woman figuring out life at 18 when she was brutally killed and desecrated. Next month will mark the 40th anniversary of Carmen Crone's murder, and Texas Crime Stoppers is offering a cash reward of up to $3,000 to any person who provides information that leads to an arrest. Um, I'll leave the tip line phone number in the show notes if you have any information. Jeez. You ready for questions and theories? Yeah. Because I got a big old theory. Good. Because I like. <laughs> yeah. Give me your, your question. You want to do that first? I have I have a question that hasn't been answered. Mm-hmm. So like when did those the, the 400 and plus interviews, did those take place mostly after Murray was no longer the like main suspect or did it happen just like throughout like he kept doing? It? I think it was more so at the beginning and then okay. kind of follow up with like. I would say, what's the percentage? 60-40? Okay. Okay. You know? All right. It's a lot of people, but, like, you'd have to think, like, a good portion had to be, at the beginning, friends, family, whatever, eyewitnesses, and then the rest would be, who can corroborate this Murray Galloway thing, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Like, the Monte Crago crap, all the people in New Mexico. Okay. You know what I mean? The lady up in Alaska. So, I mean. I I was thinking like months had passed by then. So, like, get your stories. But, okay. No, I think it was spread out like evenly. Okay. Yeah. I want your theory because this is just. What? It's just so violent. Yeah. This this violent. And for it to not have. 
happened again. All right. So there's one. So the Gone Cold podcast put a really good correlation to a very similar murder in Austin. Ah. And I think it happened in like 79. And it makes you think, oh, there could be a connection. Even the women that were murdered in November, like, not the same. Wasn't a serial killer. Totally different MO. Mm-hmm. The the Yolanda Huxley that had, like, the pelvic injury thing, like, maybe you could say that was similar because she was found next to an oil pump thing. Yeah. But I don't think any of them were related. Okay. So, like, I think this was a one-off. A very fucked up one-off. Oh, my God. But it reminded me of... Cedric Owens. Remember the crystal what's her face that I covered? She got on they were on PCP and she fucking yes. castrated him and cut him up and ripped him out to shreds. Yeah. And it's like true. this it, that was her one murder, but it was the, one of the most brutal things ever. Uh-huh. So, that's a good point. Maybe drug induced, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain my theory. Oh boy. Yeah, give it to me. Okay, so despair the whole, like, it could have been anybody conversation that could go on forever. This is only my theory if I had all the information I just relayed to you and only that Mm -hmm. in 1981 and was, like, a Deputy Saunders-type person. Yeah. Most likely they have more information that they're not letting on about, so this is just for fun. No one get upset. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy that I think did it is dead, so it's fine. Oh, good, good. Even better. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I would have had to take a very long, hard look at Charlie Hostetter. Yes. I personally think he looks like a good suspect or at least a person of interest. And ironically, he was neither in the police's mind. Yeah. Then why did he just interject himself into it for no goddamn reason? Unless something's like swirling around in his brain. (laughs) When Carmen Crone is found murdered, Herb Graham, the owner of Graham Central Station, put up a $10,000 reward in support of Carmen, her family, and the investigation. It's a very kind gesture. Yeah. But when Charlie Hostetter decided to file a lawsuit against all of the radio stations for slander and libel, do you want to know whose attorney Charlie retained and who paid for that attorney? The boss. Herb Graham. And do you you know who Charlie Hostetter worked for? Oh, yeah. Herb Graham. Yeah. Interesting, right? So speaking of the lawsuit, this could all easily be like a publicity stunt. Yeah. Or it could be the classic example, like you said, of inserting oneself into the investigation. Mm -hmm. Why drudge up all of the drama if there's no proof of the radio stations making these claims where did he really think this was going to end (laughs) additionally the timing of of it all is incredibly convenient seeing as how he files the suits almost right after carmen is exhumed and the bite marks are made known to the public ah interesting he fits the profile provided by the doctors and law enforcement he's a heavyweight boxer who could also fit into the bloody clothing that were later found down the road from carmen's remains Charlie was the local celebrity, later this fucking legend in Odessa. So most people knew who he was, and he was working the night that Carmen was murdered. If he was working the door, he might have seen her exiting and entering time and time again, as the other witnesses uh, that night claimed to see her do. Perhaps he asked her who she was looking for, what was wrong, or maybe he knew that she was having a shit night and was alone, and things were rocky with her and Ken. Would, this is a question though in my mind too, would he have known about the oil lease? And, like, the privacy factor, being so close to the road, did he know that, like, there was no security guard? It wasn't going to be illuminated? Yeah. Maybe everyone knew that it wasn't because it's a fucking oil lease. What are you going to go steal? It's Maybe. in the middle of the desert. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Charlie Hostetter was never questioned by the police regarding Carmen Crone's murder. This information is coming from a Justice for Carmen Facebook page, and the person who's running it is writing, like, a book on her murder. Wow. So, like, I take that as fact. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, he was never questioned, never considered a suspect, which is shocking in itself because they should have questioned everyone that worked at the bar that night. Everyone. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. So after he claims 
that murder allegations were being thrown around. He put forward puts forward his alibi, that being he cut his hand on a piece of glass while taking out the trash that night. Yeah. What time was that at? What time was that at? Yeah. Did he come back? Was he dropped off at his house? This is what I kind of also deep dove into. Did he have like was there a shift schedule? Like we've worked in bars for forever. Mm-hmm. Like you have an opener, like a mid and a closer. Yep. Like did, and if they didn't interview him, so it doesn't fucking matter. So they highly doubt they're going to go back and check schedules. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean like it's far, like I, I'm wondering when his shift ended because like it's far fetched that it's not far fetched. I don't think that if he left, say his shift was leaving, ending around 1130, he could have picked up Carmen walking to his, to her car, yeah. asked if she wanted to ride, wanted to talk, go for a drive, maybe a shoulder to cry on. Mm-hmm. He knew who she was. She knew he was. He could have easily incapacitated her, punched her in the face, knocked her out. Granted, there wasn't any evidence of like blunt force trauma or like whatever. But again, she was ripped open. Are you looking for a fucking bruise on her head? Probably, Probably not. not. You missed bite marks. Right. The first time, yes. So. He knocks her out, drives her 25 minutes to the oil site, desecrates her, cuts his hand in the process. Yeah. Um. Maybe this interrupts his flow, decides to leave and not finish the dismemberment or disembowelment. Hence why her belongings were maybe so like scattered, whatever. He dumps his clothes. Probably this is allegedly whatever my opinion. <laughs> he might have some spare clothes in a gym bag Probably from boxing, boxer, whatever. Yeah. Or just like I worked all night outside as a bouncer. I'm going to change all these smelly clothes. That was my thought too. Yeah. Um, he drives back to the bar, claims his hand is cut while taking out the trash. Again, 30, 45 minutes ago, everyone's working through the midnight rush and doesn't even realize that he left or clocked out. However many minutes prior, you lose mm-hmm. track of that shit. It's a big fucking place. We looked at the photo. Yeah. He gets an off-duty cop who's working as a bouncer slash security to escort him to the hospital. Perfect alibi. Yeah. After hearing that Carmen was going to be exhumed and the bite marks were found, he realizes he has to devise a story to get a step ahead of the investigation. He got lucky with the bloody clothes being so inconclusive. Mm-hmm. So he decides to assert the claims of libel and slander and gets an attorney in his pocket ahead of time. Yep. Yeah. This is also crazy, though, is that a cop even he claims that a cop pulled him over after the murder and told him to, quote, keep his head down. To me, that doesn't sound threatening. That sounds like we have your back. Yeah, it really does. Like, just play it cool. Like we've seen And like before. Herb is, you know, supporting him. He might have the cop support. So, I mean, he's working the night of the bar. He has the means and the opportunity. He Again, he has the support of his boss physically, financially. He's been given a pass by the cops or just at least flown under the radar. And he has the respect of the entire town. But the only thing he doesn't have that we know of is motive. Right. So why would Charlie do this? Did he have any ex-girlfriends that could have been interviewed to attest any sexual violence or like Mm -hmm. sadistic fantasies? But the more I kind of thought about it, the more I began to question like even my entire narrative because it just I was making him fit the evidence. My theory kind of fizzled out, but. I do. I think that Charlie Hostetter has like a lot of damning, unvetted, highly circumstantial, sketchy evidence pointing at him. Yes. Yeah. He should have been interviewed. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like searching and processing, processing his car would have probably helped if yep. they would have taken tire castings. That would have probably helped. Um, maybe the police have a hospital record that can 100 percent con- confirm that Charlie was at the ER during Carmen's murder. Right. But to me, with the information I have, Charlie Hostetter's alibi has just as many holes in it as Murray Galloway's does. And if you can crucify one man and not as much as blink an eye at the other, then there is either evidence I'm not privy to, a serious cover up or a killer still on the loose. Yeah. Well, and there's one of them is really easy to 
put something yeah. on a mentally ill person. A and you're not. Why would you ever do that to your hometown? Oh, yeah. You know, favorite. You have so much. You have so much promise. You're going to mm-hmm. be you're, you're such a great. Bo- yeah. Like that's it is very and I, my thought too. boxer. Right. Head. CTE. Oh, absolutely. Definitely has head injuries. <laughs> like For sure. And I would want to know if he, you know, you said that he became like a local celebrity, like a successful mm-hmm. boxer regionally, whatever. I would want to know. He went on to like, uh, like fight, uh, what's his face? Foreman, George Foreman. Wow. So he's a big guy. Yeah. I would want to, I would be interested to know if like, you know, dead women popped up yeah. in cities that he had fights in because that the the thing is it's just such a brutal brutal murder yeah. to be a one and done or to be a first and to be a one and done but i mean head injury though yeah. pair that with some 80s cocaine or oh my god i, I don't fucking about know cocaine. you're right who knows and maybe he was just like so yeah. much testosterone like this is all can like conjecture but like oh yeah Yes. It could he's the only like why wasn't he vetted? Why did he put himself in there? Yeah. It's just not a fucking guess. Like it's fishy as fuck. Yes. There's there's no there's no reason. There's just no right. reason for you to unless you have some sort of nagging guilt or some need right. I wrote down narcissist, like some need like, okay, well there's not attention on me. And it's like normally BTK thing where Yeah, yeah. You can't take credit for my shit. Yeah. But like normally you would think why would like I'm gonna put a positive, you know, publicity moment out there of like, oh, someone keyed my car, isn't that so sad? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. my cat got killed or whatever. Not I got framed for murder. Because right. then, like, why are you putting the target on your back, dude? Yeah, but he was. I, I tried to look up. I lost connection. Was he? Was he good looking? Like a traditionally good looking uh, guy? I I don't know if I even saw a photo of him. I think I saw a picture of him when he was old. We'll have to look at yeah because if because. Good looking people get away with so much more. Well, so and I people mean, are like, oh, crazy, if, Charlie. Like, if he has his bosses all believing him, mm-hmm. the cops believe him. I wonder if he's related to any police officers, like know. if there's law enforcement in his family. But I mean, like he got the like cop to take him to the the ER. Mm-hmm. But it's like you would think that Deputy Saunders would. If there was something, he seems like a good guy. Yeah. And a com- committed guy to where, like, he would have dr- gone down that route. But maybe he was, like, pushed to stay out of it. Maybe. And, and even if it or isn't drop it. A, a cover-up, it could just be that he became friends with the off-duty cops mm-hmm. that were security at the bar at off times. And they became buddies. They liked him. He's a little local celebrity. Or he's getting to be that. And so, yeah, it's fucking Charlie. Like, Charlie's a nice guy. Yeah. Charlie's a great guy. He, we would never be him. Why would we? He cut his hand on Charlie? a piece of glass. Like, right. He's not even friends with her. Like, yeah, he was at the same bar. But, like, whatever. He went to the hospital at night. Like, like when I does it become... see them just outright believing right. him. But, like, when does it become, like, this is... You're making... Ex- the excuses you're making for, like, the obvious are completely astronomical you know what i mean like i think he really got lucky with murray galloway being in town yes because it happened so quickly that they were able to just kind of put shine the light on one individual person so that gave time for like yeah well the indictment was brewing and so Mm -hmm. they're like i'm gonna pick the lesser two evils here this guy looks good for it let's not worry about mr hostetter he's a gem in society and like I think he 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 lucked out. I mean, I, think so too. I don't know. I feel bad, but like it looks so sus. It, it really does, and it's 
you know, in cases like this, that's why we do questions and theories. Yeah. Because Just a theory. that's the only thing you can do because the only other alternative is that there is a brutal right. murderer that never got caught. Never got caught. And, and, you know, either way, this person never got caught. But, like, the the thought that the, there's just monsters. Like, you need a face for mm-hmm. the monster. You need someone to pin it on. Yeah. Quote, unquote, which I guess is the same thing that the I cops know, do. Yeah. We, but, yeah, it is. It's just if you were saying all of this just because he was the bouncer and he was a boxer and nothing else, I'd be like, I don't know, maybe. But because he just injected himself right. into it, it's like, come on. And like Murray was like undeterred, like hit, hit, you he had a knife. Everyone in Odessa has a fucking knife. Yes. Everyone clearly drove on that fucking road. How, what about, like, you're going to go hard on him. Like, what about the oil oil workers? Like, the 800 of them. Like, uh, that, too. That was a know. big thought of mine. But then, you know, why would they just be hanging out at the, or, you know? They, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's far-fetched. But it's like. I even thought, like, okay, what about, like, David Parker Ray? He was in Hobbs. It's, or, like, mm. Elephant Butte, which is on the border. It's not that far. That's true. But, like. That's a stretch. Yeah. It's a fucking stretch. It could, ooh, when was Samuel Little active? I'm sh- I don't know was when. Was it in the 80s? 70s, 80s, 90s. 80s, 80s, yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what Texas time. Yeah, because he was definitely active But he active shot people. He didn't oh, did disembowel people. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I can't he had, like, remember what his methodology weird, was. He had like a weird like 25 caliber gun. Like something mm-hmm. really specifically like not common. Interesting. No one has a 25 caliber. <laughs> fucking dork. <laughs> Anyway, that's the unsolved oh. murder of Carmen Crone. Hopefully, we don't upset Charlie Hostetter's people. But like, if that the only reason why I primarily put that that such harshness or like directness into it because the lady, I think it's a lady, that runs the Facebook page. Everyone who kept commenting about him, she was like, "Yeah, he was never questioned. He was yeah. never a suspect. Right? Not like in defense of him of like he wasn't a suspect, but just factually, no one ever really thought he was, and that he should have been looked into. Yes, yeah, more it, so. He should have just baseline. He should have been looked into because he was at the club that night. That's just yeah. It's what should have Shit happened. Shit work. If it, it could just be innocent oversight, and then he's a weirdo narcissist that just needed attention to be on him. Yeah. For some reason, whatever. But it's there's just too many fishy things that mm-hmm. he should have been investigated. He, yeah. he he might be brutal murder. He might not be. You never know. You never know. And we'll never know. No, no. He's fucking dead. And then they washed the clothes. There's no more evidence. Oh, can you imagine? No fucking ev- there is uh, a cold case that is open, and they're just cold case. hoping someone comes forward and says, "Oh yeah, I know who did it." Like that's all they can yeah that's insane i think they like kept the hair and so i'm sure they could retest it but i don't know if it was you know properly preserved probably not remember that one case where the, the yeah. fingernails were moldy like Sorry. probably yeah. not definitely not it was probably i mean shit like lost in a flood Odessa, exactly like it was probably some natural disaster yeah casually always out. targeted at power went out in february because of the rolling blackouts and yeah. so it just was no longer cryogenically frozen it got smothered in oil or yeah. whatever god anyway that's wild i can't believe i hadn't heard of that one i know yeah it's pretty sad like, disembowelment's pretty pretty serious. awful and yeah. sexually mutilated and tortured yeah, yeah. fucking gross dude yeah anyway on to you Woo. okay okay Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yes. yeah, no technical problems whatsoever. No, 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 no. This, uh, the half second in between my last word and this, this sentence, there was nothing in between. That. No, 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 no. So yes, professionals. Um, 
mine is much more recent. I got a lot of my content from a Houston Chronicle, a couple of Houston Chronicle articles. Um, and I actually found this case, like Hannah said, we were both kind of like struggling to figure out what we wanted to cover. Um, I, I, I was going to do a case and that kind of led me to like Houston Police Department, stuff like that. So I was like, let me check the Black Lives Matter Houston Mm -hmm. Facebook page and see if there's anything a little more recent that needs some discussion. Yeah, more discussion, more light cast on it, you know, from like the two of you that are listening, whatever. (laughs) So that's what led me to the case of Jaquari Simmons. Um, So you spell that uh, J-A-Q-U-A-R-E-E and then Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S. On February 17th, 2021, Jakari Simmons is found dead by jailers in his cell at the Harris County Jail. He died from head injuries and a brain... Uh-oh. A brain break field. <laughs> oh my gosh, wasn't that a boss? That was a boss. He liked one of my pictures on Instagram not too long ago. I was like, Boyd! Oh, what is he up to? Is he in Alabama? I think he's a realtor in Alabama. Oh, the best. I know. It makes me want to move to Alabama. I love him. Buy a house from him. We went to a drag show together one time. He's so sweet. I love Blaine so much. All right. Blaine Brakefield. Blaine Brakefield. So, no. Um, So, Jakari died from head injuries and a brain bleed Mm. alone in his cell. His family is demanding answers and allegedly, I have to say... It's Houston Police Department officers that are at fault. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. So inmates in Texas jails are really no stranger (laughs) to officer misconduct. Mm -hmm. And I just want to start at the top. I will briefly, briefly mention why Jakari was in jail at this moment. But whatever he did, his record, none of that really matters. What matters in this is the conduct Mm -hmm. and how this is just a theme <laughs> in Texas yeah. prisons and prisons really all over the country, but no one should have that happen to them. No, the jailers are not the judge, jury, and you know, they're they're not there to give the sentence. They're just there to monitor. Keep them safe. Yeah. Really. That's that's their job. And keep themselves safe, yes. But so that's we're we're not gonna focus anything. I did a little research, like I, just to make sure I wasn't talking about someone who is possibly like a, a really terrible rapist, or not to make yeah, the, it's, no one deserves n- neither here nor there. Yeah, in holding, but I wanted to just make sure <laughs> emphasize that it wasn't anything ex- yes. crazy. Correct. Um. So you know, like I said, this isn't a outlier <laughs> occurrence. Yeah. Um, the executive director of the Texas Jail Project, Krish Gundu, uh, Gundu, Gudu, Gundu, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, probably not, <laughs> stated, quote, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've been hearing directly from people trapped inside jails across Texas. And one thing is clear. What happened to Jakari is not an isolated incident, but rather an example of the abuse and neglect experienced by people inside jails statewide. Jakari's death is a product of both officer abuse and medical neglect, and it really should not have happened. So on February 10th, 2021, Jakari Simmons was arrested after leaving his mother's house on suspicion of weapons charges. Um, another one of my sources that, that we will link in the show notes um, did mention that these suspicions came from an Instagram post. 
Don't they have bigger fish to fry? Right. Yes. I mean, not that that's not a fish to fry, but like. Right. I don't know. A 23-year-old. Yeah. You want to look into it, but like, I'm sure that there were more priority. I don't know how to phrase what I'm trying to say, but you know. Yes. Jakari was, he he had been in the system before, in and out, just whatever. Yeah. So, but yes, the fact that they were actively monitoring him and. Picked him That's up like a good this. point. Yeah. It, it does lead to, you know, it's something to note for sure when mm-hmm. we think about maybe why strategic arrest. Yeah. Yeah. So he was arrested after his, leaving his mother's house um, and the 23 year old was booked into Harris County Jail and quarantined in a solo cell. So remember, this is still this is recent. This is still COVID times. They're still quarantining inmates, you know, for I'm sure the recommended 10 to 14 days. Um, which is in theory good it's what they should do in theory but effectively they are in isolation Mm -hmm. you know so that's um it's pretty tricky for people (laughs) so jakari actually suffered from mental illness himself and after almost six days of being alone in his cell he used some of his clothing to clog the toilet uh, Jakari actually called his mother almost every day he was in jail, telling her he was, quote, losing his mind in there, which I think is very reasonable. That's a really long time to be. You just you think about it when you're booked like that. Mm-hmm. You don't have books. You don't have things. You are in a small solo cell with a toilet sink combo and a really shitty bed. That's it. So and if like you're arrested and like hanging out in a you know county jail with a bunch of other people. At least you have that entertainment, mm-hmm. air quotes, entertainment. Right. Terrifying entertainment. But, <laughs> you know, at least you're not staring at a wall hallucinating your face off. Absolutely. And I think it that when you're in Gen Pop, you probably have more resources to like, it's a fucking Bible even, you know, just something yeah. to read, something to do. Like our minds, especially after this. And I would also like to point out, I don't obviously know Jakari. I don't know his circumstance, how he spent 2020 but 2020 was really rough (laughs) mentally emotionally Mm -hmm. for a lot of people even if you weren't quarantined in your home it was still a pretty wild year and so even if you did not have pre-existing you know mental illness everyone is kind of in a fragile state right now so you put anyone could have tapped you could have tapped into that at any point any point you put someone in a solo so just keep that in mind um that could very well be the reason fucking even if he was just fucking bored and decided i'm gonna overflow my toilet and yeah, that'll get be some attention get some, maybe yep. i'll get out of my cell for a second yeah. yeah so you know the jailers came to obviously clean the overflow and at that point they used excessive force upon jakari though it was not documented so when, how do we know if it was excessive internal investigation okay every time we have every bit of information we know about this is because of internal investigation that is actually there's there is some good to be said yes of how this has kind of been handled there's still a lot of answers that are needed um so they use excessive force in jakari of course he's handcuffed during this they did not document it and when they returned the 120 pound five foot two jakari (gasps) to his cell he was completely without clothing do you remember what? what was going on during this week of February 2021? Oh, the freeze. Rolling power outages and fucking freezing temperatures. Wait, and did they, they not have a generator? Um, They were going through rolling blackouts. At the okay, day. so it still was like ongoing. Okay. Yeah, and so their, their electronic 
record keeping system was down because it was yeah. going in and out. They were keeping paper like old traditional records. So mm-hmm. it's not like they were just by like, can- oh, by candlelight. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> My quill. So they had ways to keep record. They were keeping record for other inmates. They were not keeping record for pretty much anything that happened with Jakari. So that's to be noted. But yes, this very small small man is brought back to his cell um injured completely without clothing and quote, how old was he i'm sorry 23 23 okay. a baby just a baby oh my gosh. so that evening a uh, quote that evening a detention officer then did write in a report uh that jakari threw a meal tray at them and charged towards the officer who punched him in the face jesus christ so after this incident, internal investigation found that Jakari suffered, quote, several blows to the head while handcuffed after jailers were summoned um, to bring him to medical for an evaluation. So this he so he know, threw the thing. He threw the he thing. He was handcuffed, punched or punched then handcuffed. Pun- hand, yeah. Hand, punched then handcuffed probably. And then, you know, he was down. He's a small. Yeah. Frail. Not, not frail, but he's, he's a small frame. Um, and so. Probably that jailer, you know, it's protocol. You call for medical, whatever. And when he called for medical, multiple officers then attacked. Attacked, yes. And used excessive force. Um, This use of force was not documented. But so the internal investigation would speak to the people in that time, knowing at some point they were given information of the excessive force. Correct. But just not documented on the paper. There is record that the toilet was clogged. Mm -hmm. There is record that he charged an officer, allegedly. So that's what summoned those officers. But the excessive force used after these information. So we don't know if it was a taser, if it was a kick to the ribs, if it was just a bunch of we'll find out. Yeah, we can pretty much know what it is. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So no, no. Um, So the jail's medical staff reported that Jakari appeared conscious during a check that evening. And they observed cuts to his left eyebrow and his upper lip. Um, Surprisingly, not tons of injuries from having blows to the head and things like that but due to the winter storm power was out at that time and medics did order an x-ray as soon as possible okay so they did want to x-ray him they did want to check on his injuries power came back on jailers never brought jakari back for an x-ray so this trend of no documentation continues jailers did not document the required hourly visual checks from the morning of February 15th, so a day before mm-hmm. he clogs the toilet and does all of that, to the morning that Jakari was found dead in his cell. And I say morning very loosely because he was found dead when they were bringing him lunch. So that means that either this man was not checked on at all or he was checked on and probably going in and out of consciousness at this after the 16th event and just never documented no one did anything yeah we don't know at this point who knows when they're like i mean not that it's an excuse but like shift change whatever if people come in in the morning and there were new people come in at lunch like it yeah it could have been a purposeful oversight or just we don't have time you know and there are definitely i'm glad you mentioned like shift change and stuff there's a lot of people involved in this and it makes sense that there would be multiple shift changes and multiple people absolutely so um so yeah no documentation of hourly uh, visual checks and out of the 1,000 plus, I think I couldn't find the exact number in the articles. I just like lost it. I think it's over 1,100 surveillance cameras in the Harris County Jail he was at. 
Not a single one caught any one of the beatings. There's absolutely no footage. No footage. Like erased or just strategically like um, no, no. was. OK. We don't know. Um, the the sheriff, Ed Gonzalez, says that he doesn't think that they were doing this in the nooks and crannies that the camera couldn't see. But I don't know if you work there, you know exactly yeah. where the cameras don't pick up. You really it's, do. And again, I'm playing devil's advocate because like I don't I totally believe that it could be strategically nooks and crannied mm-hmm. and for ed gonzalez to like have to put that out there of like i gotta stand by my force but i also gotta like not be naive like right that's gotta suck yeah you know like what a position to be in but like own up or try to own up to it <laughs> you know pretend yeah and this, oh, is, still, this God. is very much still an active investigation we hope yeah, we hope. Yeah, um, because Jakari's family—they really still have no answers. Jesus. His mother, Loranda Biggles, um, said, "Quote: We want people to know that we lost somebody, and we don't have no answers. Aww. It's like, okay, he died, he's buried, that's it. No, we're not going to let that be like that. Um, you understand? You understand what I'm saying? Somebody needs to be held accountable for what happened to my son. Absolutely. So Jakari's family." And that's really there's there's a little bit more, but that's the bulk of the information we have. We know that there were incidents that were undocumented. We know ex- we know what Jakari did. They made sure to document oh, yeah, what Jakari did. Of course. But then there's a lot of missing time from when that final incident happened. Where remember at one point he was left naked in his cell, like he treated like an animal, really. Uh, to what well, he said. I, was he naked because he used his clothes to clog up the toilet and was just never given more clothes? The protocol at that point is to provide an inmate with a smock. That was not wow. So blatant disregard okay. for protocol. I thought they like just stripped him and were like, I no. thought he might have just used like his shirt, but not like that's just fucked up. Right. Exactly. They stripped him. They stripped him. God. Yeah. So Jakari's family is being represented by civil rights attorney Lee Merritt, who I've, I've actually followed on Instagram for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And he does a lot of really great work helping, you know, people, victims Minorities, of police yeah. violence. Anybody, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Lee Merritt was quoted saying, quote, the treatment of Jakari Simmons was both inhumane and unconstitutional. It reflects a bigger crisis in our criminal justice system when our most vulnerable commit a crime and are treated as second-class citizens instead of protected. The Simmons family is grateful for Sheriff Gonzalez's action in holding the individuals responsible for Jakari Simmons's death. Our office will work to make sure these individuals will be held accountable, civilly and criminally, and we will fight to address and reform the policies and practices that foster an environment of regular abuse. So what accountability is he actually referencing in a truly, <laughs> truly shocking turn of events? Sheriff Ed Gonzalez delivered one of the most punitive dis- disciplinary actions oh, by a shit. county ser- sheriff in recent memory. Um, he also gave the most detailed account yet of what happened prior to Simmonson's death. On Friday, May 28th, so a few, like really not that long ago now, a no. couple months after um, Jakari was murdered, Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez announced that he had fired 11 employees and suspended six others. So when you said shift change, I was like, that's how the number got so high because it was so many people that, you know, and you you think if they're looking at Jakari the way they looked at Jakari, he didn't need their attention. He didn't need their care. 
that is probably how they're looking at a lot of a, a lot of yeah. the, so really good move that they were fired um the fired employees in question are garland barrett patricia brummett joshua dixon alicia Maletti, israel martinez eric morales alfredo rodriguez daniel rodriguez rodriguez Daniel Rodriguez. Oh my God, I said Rodriguez. it right the first time. <laughs> Jesus God. Um, and Chad, I think I was looking at this it's next. The R's, they get you. I was looking at this next word and getting intimidated. Chadwick Westmoreland. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. So as well as detention sergeant Jacob Ramirez and deputy Dana Walker. The suspensions were Antonio Barrera, Jeremy McFarlane, Alexandra Saucier. I think Ralph Tamayo and Sergeants Benny Galindez, Galindez and Renee Villalobos. Um, those suspensions ranged from three to ten days. So like not that much. Not that bad. Ironically, that bad. those all names all sound like minority names. They do. It, it's a, it's oh, amazing God. what happens when you give power to somebody. <laughs> Just like. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, who, where they're from. They it, are yeah. above the law. It does yeah. not apply to them. <laughs> That's so, so scary. Quote, while the specific policy violations varied from one employee to the next, they include use of excessive force, failure to document use of force, failure to intervene, and making false statements to investigators. Oh, shit. The, That's uh, a fucking felony. Uh, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what's the phrase looking for? Like, our friend Jakari at one point was jailed because he failed to give his true name and date yeah. of birth. That was considered a felony. So That's these like officers lied to other intervening in like a the pursuit of justice. What yeah, like I'm trying to think of what you're trying to say too. Uh, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, preventing like the pursuit of justice. What is the fucking phrase I'm trying to say? Impeding an investigation, you that's, know what I mean? Like, that's whatever. The best one so yeah, far. <laughs> thank you. Pursuit of justice, whatever. Yeah, so fucking, ugh, yeah, mess. Um, so the Harris County Sheriff's Office said uh, they said that in a statement. Also, quote: Some also violated procedures related to proper monitoring of the physical welfare of people in the jail. No so shit. This is clearly not an isolated incident. Jakari was. Um, it is there is something evidence there's reason to think that he was targeted but based on the social media stuff based on the social media based on a lot of things okay. a lot of his like comings and goings with police um like oh this guy again like kind of yeah but it's also very indicative of like yeah that things were probably real fucking bad all over the fucking jail yeah yeah, yeah. not looking at he these wasn't. human beings <clears throat> as human beings that they are in their, they're in their protection when they're in there. Mm-hmm. That's that is. Their, You're not the person to lay down the law. No. Yeah. So, quote: During a natural disaster, we expect to see the very best in our employees. These eleven people betrayed my trust and the trust of our community. Gonzalez said in a written statement. This is all coming directly from a Cron article. Um, quote: They escalated rather than de-escalated mm-hmm. the situation. Their conduct was unacceptable and inexcusable, and has discredited them, the sheriff's office, and their fellow employees. None of them deserve to wear the Harris County Sheriff's Office patch ever again. Which is pretty yeah. pretty good. I'm. I'm <laughs> I mean, maybe mention the victim, but okay, yeah, right. yeah. you know, it's fine. Yeah, maybe mention Jakari <laughs> by name. Say his sure. name. Sure. Um, so. 
Simmons, you know, we're going to kind of, there's um, a couple more quotes. I really want to talk about Jakari. Yeah. So Jakari had multiple prior encounters with police, but he spoke often about hoping to turn his life around, his mother said. You fall into a cycle. It's yeah. really hard to it's break It's hard to get sometimes. out of the system so when you're in the system. A person is not their crimes when they're... I will not hold up that statement when we're talking about murder and rape, but when we're talking about other things, it's just people aren't, that's not, they're not branded on their face like they used to do in the olden days. Yeah. Big W for witch. So, uh, Jakari had two brothers and six. I think it's A for adulterer. No, no, no. I watched, okay, sidebar. I was, we were watching, um, Men in Kilts, which is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they went to, um, a castle that is. On my list now, when we go visit, um, when we go visit Edinburgh. Is it a witch castle? Uh, kind of. Oh. So it is, what was it called? Um, oh, okay. So I didn't write down the castle name, no. but it's, you go to it with the City of the Dead ghost tour. <gasps> Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff there. And oh, it might have been in the next episode, actually. But basically, there was a man who lived in Scotland all his life. His ancestors were burned at the stake for witchcraft. And they were at a house who he's friends with the owner of the house now. But the descendants of the the house are the ones that burned the witch at the stake. It's crazy. And he had he collects witch artifacts and he had a big ass. W brand that they would brand on their teeth. Oh, that's apparently. haunted as fuck. Big, like, fucking <clears throat> big. Like, dude, from here to here is where it would go. Cover your entire cheek. I, I pointed to my nose and to my ear. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you didn't but, see. Yeah, wild. No wonder so. witches wear green makeup. They gotta cover up the scars. Gotta. Like, and green really covers red well. Yeah, yeah you're right. It does. <laughs> it does. So, yeah, total sidebar. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I was getting Okay, I thought from. you were talking about, like, the crucible with No, no, no. Hester. Old So, uh, Jakari had two brothers and six sisters, and he was the youngest boy, and he was known to be the family unifier. Aww. Quote, he always tried to make sure the family stayed together, his mother said. Uh, He was always the one that wanted to try to pick us up. Jakari was a loving and respectful person who especially loved to dance, but he also struggled with some mental health issues, like we said, according to his mother. Quote, he was trying to find himself, she said. It was hard from him, I know, because there were many days he cried randomly. He'd say, I'm tired of going back and forth to jail for stupid stuff, but sometimes I don't feel like I have a choice. That's why there is so sad. Once you're I listened to the um, I believe it was season two of the serial podcast season two or three where she was in the Ohio jail. Yes. Oh, my God. And the people she interviewed, they said, once you are in the system, you're they seek you out and they it's because it's impossible to post bail because you don't have a job and then you have to have an ankle monitor and pay for all the shit but Mm -hmm. you can't afford it because no one will hire you so you sell drugs again or you sell yourself and then it just like it's a vicious cycle it is it truly is and like (laughs) people it's it's written it was written into uh i was reading about it when juneteenth was made a holiday that oh yeah juneteenth yeah they it freed the slaves it it made slavery illegal except when someone's convicted of a crime. Yep. It's literally written into it. So it's just a it's a system. It's a monster. It's a huge monster. Um, so Jakari was a victim of that monster. 
I wanted to add a quote from Ashton Woods, who is, I believe, one of the leaders of the Houston chapter of Black Lives Matter. It sounds like a porn star. Yeah. <laughs> Ashton, it really does. <laughs> uh, Ashton Woods is cool, too. <laughs> um, so he said during a, um, a kind of a, a protest held at the Harris County Jail to demand more action because it really does sound like investigation like internal vest investigation happened, the firings happened, right. and now it's it kind of slowed out, down a little yeah. bit. That's what it sounds like. If yeah. people aren't talking, I could see, but like clearly someone talked because they were able to get all of these people fucked off. Uh, but like, people, yeah. <laughs> it can't just stop. Like, right? But I never keep going. Right? Yeah. No, because it, it can't just stop because it would be it'll be buried. Yeah, and it'll continue to happen. And there's and, just another one that they're just gonna do the same thing to. Yeah. And so like you can see how it's like well. We know that there's going to be another one, which is sad to say, mm-hmm. but don't just drop it. Like, right. do it thoroughly. Do it justice, because that'll give you more credibility when if and when the next one comes mm-hmm. around, you know. And that's kind of it's our job, too, which is why I wanted to cover something that was a little that deserved attention. For sure. Because it's it's important to talk about, because if we don't talk about it, if people don't, <coughs> you know, say Jakari's name, if they don't demand action and i'm trying to i was doing research right before i left i finally found a gofundme for him which great yeah petition Mm -hmm. gofundme whatever yeah so if there's more (coughs) things you can do really a good thing to do is vote in at the local level people who want to restructure Mm -hmm. i'm a proponent of defunding the police if you're not clear on what that means it basically means police budgets are really really swollen they there, there needs to be a real reallocation of funds to different public services, mental health. A, a cop shouldn't come. We, when my brother was in, um, my brother had autism and like bipolar disorder. He was yeah. really, he had a lot of struggles. And so when he would be in his violent rages, my parents would call the police until the police drew their guns right. at Harrison. And so they never called the police again. So or just didn't show up. For mental health crises, yeah. a cops shouldn't come and there should be they shouldn't have to they should be focusing on, on crime, on crime yeah. and on investigations on, on finding out cold cases so that's what defund the police means but yeah yeah not just like strip them of all of the money no. but just reallocate it's bad branding yeah. but it's a really good because if you just say it like yeah it hey, sounds negative don't you think cops are overworked don't you think they have too much on their plate yeah like, don't you, you can think- rephrase it exactly also like when did they start driving dodge fucking chargers you know yeah like not necessary <laughs> not necessary i get that you gotta like chase people but unless they're on like a crotch rocket i feel like you could probably get them yes. in your fucking <laughs> ford cutlass or whatever, whatever those are called yeah um god so this is so ashton said this he was interviewed at this um gathering protest at the you know harris county jail he said quote within a 30-day period from the end of april all the way to the end of may seven people were murdered here in houston by hpd and nobody said or did anything and i was like yep i haven't heard i had to seek out i had not heard I don't know if I'm not getting because of the Facebook algorithm if like you should be if like you are on that you know what I mean the algorithm is real messed up it's rigged they don't want you to see it no it's real messed up (laughs) I I was like how did I not see these fresh posts from black Lives? but anyways so yeah no one you get like a blip on news if you watch cable yeah Yeah. and I don't pay attention to anything anymore because so I don't even know I this is all news to me exactly 
So um, he said nobody said or did anything. It was just like this. But we're not here for the cameras. We're not here for those people. We're here to find out what happened to Jakari. We want to know why what happened to him happened to him and why he was taken back to jail after he was just released, which I don't want to go in. This is not I'm not focusing on why Jakari was in jail. Why that's not what he didn't rape or murder someone. It was so he had recently been in jail, been released, like we said. Once you have a target on your back, you have a target on your back. Um, And Ashton goes on to say, was he being targeted? Was he being targeted while he was in jail? Why was he not attended to the morning that he died? They're all valid questions that need to be answered. The investigation needs to continue. Um, And this is another really alarming statistic. Krish Gundu said that 143 people have died at Harris County Jail since 2009. During that same period of time, the state, the entire state, has executed 148 people. So almost as many people that have gotten Double put murder. to death. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Like, dying in the jail. In the jail. Can those all be proven to have been from neglect and or abuse from an officer? I don't know, but a really good way to find out would be um, to go to the Texas Jail Project. Go to their website, yeah. do, because that's what they, they'll give that's the statistics. what they're working on. But yep. regardless, someone could have had a heart attack and died. Maybe that was because they didn't get to a medic in time, or mm-hmm. it could have been someone got kicked in the fucking heart by Absolutely. an officer. Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it could be, you know, a fight breaks out, right. whatever, but you know, regardless, there's <coughs> miscarriage of responsibility and of caretaking yeah. it's fucking wild so you know really the whole this whole thing is kind of questions and theories because we don't know for certain we know that people were fired we know what jakari did was documented we know there's a lot of undocumented uh happenings there is nothing on footage which is wild uh apparently they're installing more cameras but yeah did the rolling blackouts have anything to do with the lack of footage or spotty footage that is probably i honestly did not remember the that escaped my brain so yes i'm sure that had something to do with it there were definitely conveniently spotty but you know and there were absolutely points where he there were the power was back right and yeah things were happening so that is a factor um a lot that's a lot of people 17 people were involved in this in some capacity so it's just the clearest indication that the whole system is fucked up and needs to be really fixed and torn apart and fixed from the inside out but yeah so i really would like to know if there were more altercations if there were more incident incidents throughout the you know he was there for what was it seven days seven days seven eight days yeah so little over a week or barely a week um why they decided to look at at this this person (laughs) this this 23 year old person who has been punched in the face you know head wounds handcuffed advised yeah it's on record that it was in advised that he get an x-ray and they didn't take him back for one it's just wild that they I, wouldn't i wrote down like did they they not like did the medical people i guess maybe their hands are tied or their plates are full of it like off site okay so they didn't yeah. follow up because like hey you're supposed to follow up right not us yep like, gotcha yeah that was That's my nice. question too and then i saw in an article that it was like they took him to a place not 
far yeah. away but yeah Different so facility yeah because i was like i was kind of picturing like orange is the new black where they could like kind of walk to another wing of the jail right. and like yeah be there. do so, the medical stuff yeah apparently that is not the case um so i yeah just what what, what did i write i said what was jakari um, the other incidents, other fights, like other yeah. maybe other inmates that had altercations that we don't even know. And why was he not? And there were no other inmates because he was remember solo. He was I know, but like maybe in like another, if they could prove like this was happening to other people at the same time. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like Took this our resources. was just or just like everyone was getting fucked. You know, because like why not? Mm-hmm. I think that like a, I don't I can't say hundred percent, but like if there's one or two or a handful like. You can manipulate. There were 17 people or however many you said that. I mean, someone has to go into this profession wanting to do something good for the people. Right. Yeah. And I get it. It wears on you and Mm -hmm. you become crass and you fucking hate and resent and yada, yada, yada. You see it all and more than you want to deal with in your life. And maybe you're still pushing forward. You're doing your thing. But there's one guy, one woman, a handful of people that threaten your job threaten if you don't sign this if you don't look the other way if you don't erase that footage if you don't write Mm -hmm. that down so i hope that it wasn't all of them in on it and i hope that it was just a few even though that's still terrible yeah but you would you hope that it's not that many that are saturating and corrupting this Mm -hmm. but in all likelihood it probably is right it's kind of what we were saying about your case where you really you need to have a face you just need yeah. someone to blame for this heinous crime on the flip side it's like we were taught our entire lives to go trust. to trust a cop yeah. you go to a cop you call the police for help and they're still humans they're still fuck up yeah and there's in their work in the worst in a system that is built for them to not support the way they need to support and to and they're built in a or in a system that's built to have their back uh-huh and oh, they can man. do whatever they want yes. and this is me saying that like i want to be a cop okay right. so right. not that that makes it any better or whatever <laughs> like i can say whatever i want but like it all is not rainbows and sunshine right and there's <laughs> and it takes people working from all angles yes. of it to say hey the way we're doing things is, is broken it's yes. wrong because you can have all the ed gonzalez's you want mm-hmm. but until you have the, the alicia's and up. the the whatever chadwick whatever they all need to own up and mm-hmm. do the right thing and stand up for it because there's power in numbers yep. and safety numbers whatever the phrase is <laughs> and both and if like everyone is like no go fuck yourself chadwick like mm-hmm. we're not going to do that to this guy hopefully things could change and yeah. more you know shit can be put in place continue with your questions I'm no it, that, that was that was the base of it because you know the lack of footage that i they need to the pressure needs to remain for them to complete the investigation yeah and i think it's really difficult like you said the system is built for them to not be held accountable for, mm-hmm. to protect their own and that's gonna make it real real hard it, it, it's just gonna make it real real hard so there it's needs easy to be outside for pressure the lee merits and the family to give up because they're like well we're up against a fucking brick wall right ashton woods can say everything they want and that great. I'm so glad. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, like you can only have so much money and so much time and you hope that it'll get through. Yeah. And when you're going up against a major city yeah. that has all of the resources, crazy attorneys. All of the yeah. 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 Which is why Lee Merritt being uh, their representation. Mm. He's nationwide. He's he's well respected. He's very good. That's great. He was um, uh, he was on Joy, George George Floyd's case. <laughs> Breonna Taylor's case, George. I believe. Like just. 
Yeah. He's a good Big one to names, have in yeah. the corner. Um, and I did want to read a little bit from the GoFundMe for Jakari yeah. Simmons. So it's titled, we're going to link it, but it's GoFundMe.com. Help my help put my baby brother to rest. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ugh. So help put Jakari Simmons to rest. Um, created by Sade Simmons, um, which is his sister, obviously. That's a cool name. Yeah, Sade. I like that. It, and it might be Sadie because it's S A D E. Either, Either way, way. <laughs> Sadie. I like Sadie as a yeah. name and spelled cool is even better. Yeah. Um, so. Please help put my baby brother to rest, killed by Harris County detention officers. Jakari Simmons was a 23-year-old beloved brother, son, uncle, and friend. He uplifted everyone, and he did harm to no one. He always kept a smile in the worst of situations, and he loved and cared for everyone he knew. It was very hard to get Jakari to act out, even if he was provoked, sometimes barely even then. We all know something is not right about Harris County's story, and we want justice. Um, Oh, there's a read more click it there we go uh on february 17th at about 6 p.m me and my mother received a call that jakari was found unquote found unresponsive in his cell he died in police custody and at the hospital allegedly at 1 30 p.m later that day he was supposedly quote stuck by a correctional officer stuck means stabs stuck yeah like i stuck is what she says that means stabbed they've barely gotten from what I could read, they've barely gotten information out of this. The information they have is the same information we have. But I mean, we thought he, I thought he died of like head trauma. What? He did. Head trauma and uh, a brain But brain, I mean, but wh- what if he was stabbed? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck me. I know. So um, at this time, we just ask that you keep my family in your prayers. And so far, oh this has God. gotten, uh, has 101 donors. 297 shares so like there definitely could be more shares oh absolutely (laughs) um like a little bit more please a little little bit more so yeah what are your kind of thoughts and questions and um i asked my medical people follow-up thing but and correct me if i'm wrong but this is all too unless i'm misremembering this reminds me of sandra bland Mm -hmm. like I had to look up her last I knew it was Sandra but I had to go back through our episode uh, list to get her last name but yeah the whole like camera footage on her cell not on her cell wasn't checked in the morning yeah. wasn't blah 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 oh, yeah. just super super convenient yep and I was just like okay yeah I mean we can compare it to all of the other ones that have been occurring mm-hmm. um, either on the streets or in jail but like that one it stuck out to me of just like this sounds identical absolutely yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> and no rolling blackouts with Sandra no power outages so no. you can only imagine I can picture him just like in whether it was an episode or just like a moment of like fuck this i'm coming down off of not being on my medication needing to be on medication needing clothes needing to see my family just needing a fucking glass of water or some social contact when he was picked Uh uh-huh so i mean i put put yourself in that situation like maybe you'd clog a toilet maybe you'd throw a meal tray maybe you wouldn't but like it it clearly doesn't matter to the corrections officers because mm-hmm. if you fucking breathe wrong, something could happen to you. Not yep. always, but it's a fucking possibility. The, the right mixture of people yes. that are that yeah. are working that day. And you think about it, he clogged the toilet for whatever reason, and then he was stripped naked, returned to his cell naked after a few blows to the head. I would be pretty agitated when someone came back to bring me my like If you were conscious. Meal. Yeah. I, I would be be pretty upset. I think it's reasonable <laughs> it, obviously 
you are in that situation and these people have batons and weapons, yes. what, tasers, whatever they have. So it's definitely not advisable, but I don't think it's out of the realm of reasonability that. Yeah. Fuck you. No, I don't want anything. Throw it. And we don't know what the charging was. We don't know what the yeah. lunging was. I want you to remember he's 120 pounds. Yeah. And not five threatening. Two. Not threatening. No, he's smaller than me. He weighs many, many pounds less than I do. And like, don't you like put a tray through a fucking like hole in the door? Like. To throw it back, like, granted, yeah, you probably have to remove him and clean it up. And, like, I'm sure that fucking sucks. But, like, it wasn't at your head. And it was just some fucking peas and carrots. It's part of your job to deal with shit like mm -hmm. this. It is. And they probably don't get paid enough for this shit. Whatever. But it's... It It doesn't give you the right to bash this kid's head in. And, I mean, like, I don't know what's worse. Would you rather him be baton whipped or tased or punched in the head? Right. You know? like. I get that, like, yeah, great, good for small, you. Tasing could have killed oh, him yeah, too. for sure. And well, it's like, thank God you didn't just pull out your gun and fucking shoot him yeah. because he threw this because at you or he attacked at you, you, lunged attacked at you. you. Like, you got to defend yourself or whatever, and that's what they train you to, like, fucking de-escalate. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it was written out in Ed Gonzalez's thing that it wasn't. It was, it was de-escalated. escalated. Yeah. So, I mean, one punch to get him off you. I guess that's your knee-jerk reaction to, like, get the fuck away from me or, like, you yell at him, tell him to sit down, go back to his cell. But you've completely stripped him of his humanity mm-hmm. and literal clothes. Mm-hmm. And it, by default, he has no contact with the outside world. So that yeah. fucking sucks. I don't know, dude. I I get the reaction, but I don't. And it's uncalled for and it's not necessary. Even at that initial punch, if you – if we – play complete devil's advocate try to give this human the benefit of the doubt and say it was a knee-jerk defense mechanism whatever and then let's even go a step further and say that was the same officer that was like fuck all right now i have to call for medical assistance right so now we have to check because i punch god damn it whatever yeah then it's still not rec- he was then used there there was excessive force on right. him and he was repeatedly hit in the head right. after that you so can't explain the other credibility right. just like out the window exactly so yeah, no, it all is fishy as fuck. I'm not going to say a fuck you because there's 11 names. We'll just say fuck you to those all people. officers involved, the entire criminal justice system, the Harris yeah. County Jail. And just remember Jakari Simmons's name. And if you hear anything about um, further investigation or the investigation, there there are people that we can call and email and vote in and out. Yeah. <laughs> Sheriffs are elected officials, you know whatever so yeah that is jakari simmons's story it's still active we very much hope i have to pee like a mother <laughs> i just no, i've never seen that bathroom before and that looks like really cute wallpaper it's cozy i'm it gonna looks, pause it looks like cottage core <laughs> cottage core it's a thing apparently it's a it's a gen z aesthetic oh i spent a lot of time on tiktok i'm gonna kill myself <laughs> wait um all right speaking of peeing okay this reminded me <laughs> we went off-roading up in um the the huntsville state park yeah area and so i did the thing where i was like I oh really the body did i tell you about that yeah and i showed you the picture yes good i was gonna say i was like i can't remember if i showed her yeah your gp time. okay yeah cassie came over to my house a few weeks ago and she casually showed me this spooky ass footage explain gps so, location says a body or the body yeah. so I, I i peed and um we just stopped and like we pulled off of the like 
quote unquote road because it's like off road in the trail state park thing. trail. That's yeah. a better term for it. Literally, <laughs> we pulled off and we pulled in a little, and so like I'm like popping a squat. So Brendan's kind of roaming around looking at stuff. And all of a sudden, I, I get this really weird smell hit me. And I was like, do I smell like that? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and Brennan goes, hey, come here. And I was like, God, what's happening? Like, the smell, it just all came together. And I was like, you're not going to marry me anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I was like, immediately, what are we looking yeah, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a blanket. We'll, we'll actually, we can put the sure, pictures yeah. on Instagram. Um, it's spooky. It's, it's. So basically, the pictures, there's one I took that's a little further out. So hopefully Instagram lets you zoom enough. There is a blanket that's kind of haphazardly and it's covered by some brush and it's just kind of. It's like a zebra blanket. blanket. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is full form. It almost looks like a human body someone laying on their back with their arms stretched out and their spine goes out and then where the hip bones are. Yeah. But the problem is the skull does not look human. It looks more animal. But the spine and the hip bones and the placement of all of that look human. And we had a lot of rains recently, like a lot of rains. So I thought there's a possibility that whatever this was, Brennan thinks it could have been a donkey or a horse or Mm -hmm. something. That it died and it was either wearing that blanket like a horse would or a human that was wrapped in the blanket or whatever. It was eerie enough that when a park ranger came up while we were at a different spot stopping for lunch, he came and he was like, hey, guys, you shouldn't go down that direction. Like there was a, an opening that had a broken like fence and he was like, don't go down there. We were like, oh, we weren't. We're just like stopping for lunch. And he was really nice. And he gave um, he gave us a dog first aid kit. But at the same time, and Brennan was like, hey, you should show him that. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to like, be implicated. Enough. Yeah. Like it's, and maybe he's in, in, involved. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But it's just, it's real weird. It, it's probably an animal. I hope it's an animal. I've thought about it. Too much. Mm, too much. Yeah. 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 It, but I have a pin dropped just in case I, if we go back, we'll drive past the ranger station. I'll bring it in and I'll yeah. show the picture. Like it was closed by the time we left. So it wasn't an option. But uh, yeah, so it was it was pretty wild. But the peeing that reminded me and I couldn't remember. I, I'm glad I had already told you about that. Oh, no, that was <laughs> that terrifying. Was that was so scary. Glasses of wine. Yeah. Happy Fourth of July. I don't really care about Ew. that. Like, I don't really care. America. Go fuck off. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's this TikTok. God, I'm was that there. I'm that person. <laughs> but some conservative person was like, if you have ever said you hate America or you hate being an American, better not see you celebrating Fourth of July. And all the like okay. video responses no to people are like that. They're like, cool. All right. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you guys so, so much. So, so much. If you celebrate America, you shouldn't. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll, I don't know, we'll be back. At some point. Yeah. Jesus with. God. I almost punch myself Jesus in the face. God. <laughs> we won't uh, be back with Jesus. Well, no, we won't. But um, we'll be back with more Texas true crime. And um, if anyone's listening, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween.